school to sit in the back. Yeah. Like, what sense does it make to be in person? Yeah. Yeah, you can't. Interact with anybody. Also, you stay at home. That's a lot easier. Well, I guess so, you know, you know, uh, JR had to do the 10 days that I did. And then as my 10 days was up, he had to do 14 more. Yeah. And so the 16th of February, he'll be eligible to go back to I was trying to let me have work until December 31st. They will. December 31st, 2021. I won't be safe. <laughs> well, now that you've got this new executive order up there, all you got to do is tell them you I you love it. I love it. Work, I'd give you a big out. hug if it wasn't That's for this coronavirus. No, what the heck? I just like hugging you. Huh? Is this really hooked up for me? He's got another one coming. Oh, we got them too close together now. Reverb. What you you need a a resonant capacitor and coil. Well, you need a it's called a wrap. There you go. <laughs> I just so passed my uh, hand. I don't know, but what it does is it get when I walk in. I got one more general. Yeah, let them know that I'm on my dynamo sword. And then I like that would be yeah. an old mask. Yeah, I have not worn a mask anywhere. At all, I just don't I'll do have communications. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're not going to. They're going to shut everything down. Like, do you need a mask? Yeah, they're blanking out people no. right now. <laughs> <laughs> Most places just don't say anything. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> they're good people. <laughs> and then they have these idiots on there. <laughs> cause an awful Hello? Of, uh, yeah, oh, riots. They're going to shut them down. Are we? Yeah. Oh. Oh, so give me one of them pieces of candy before we get started. Thank you, sir. Wide up, is that you? I'll be your huckleberry. Yes. No, thank you, sir. It's not a mask. I can't eat it. It's got sugar in it. You're too sweet. You don't want me too sweet. You know what happens to a church when the dudes start getting too sweet? Oh, good God. Oh, we're live. Huh? No, 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 John the Baptist hey, was the Baptist. And I was like, hey, we're on tonight. No, are you sure that's not what that is? <laughs> well, tune in. I can't, uh, I can't talk. We'll get started. I think it was actually John the Baptist. I'll talk to you I, in my first I, uh, English, right? I got, uh, I, uh, I just tuned the guy from Indianapolis on. Cool. I got proselytized, I guess, or, or witnessed to uh, by um, uh, uh, a couple of uh, Mormon missionaries, mm-hmm. all right. And my neighbor's Mormon, and so anyway, they invited us to this dinner. And this guy, they kind of hemmed me up in the car, and they get started. And he said, "We can, uh, we can chase our genealogy all the way back to Peter or Paul, or one of them do." And uh, I said, "Well, gosh, that's great." I said, "I can trace mine all the way back to Japheth." <laughs> and he kind of caught me. Said, "Japheth?" I said, "You know, I said, you know, one of the three sons of Noah." 
and moved out of the corner and let me out. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, James. James came. Oh, my brother. We're late. We good? Yeah. You know, I'm Whenever you're ready. Sorry. Whenever you're ready. Mm-hmm. We're all waiting for you, Carol. <laughs> yeah. We are speaking truth up in here today. <laughs> uh, good evening. Um, if I can get through this introduction, we're going to be doing good. Uh, I've missed y'all. Uh, immensely have I missed you. Thank you and thank you. Um, uh, I am, as far as I know, um, China virus free. And yes, I said China virus. Uh, and so if that means I'm going to get deleted, oh well, they delete me. Cancel me, whatever. Uh, uh, Think about getting me a shirt made. Survive the China virus. But uh, with that being said, all seriousness, we're going to be on chapter 5 tonight and uh, of Matthew and our Bible study of Matthew. Um, and it's a lot there. I don't know how far we'll get, and that's okay. Uh, we'll get as far as the Lord wants us to go. Uh, this chapter 5 is deep. It's, it's deep uh, not only with tradition, not only is it deep with allegory, but it is deep with application. And so we're going to get into it all. Uh, any praises, prayer requests, or uh, additions to the prayer list? I don't have a bulletin. Um, I will if you don't mind, please, I would appreciate it. Um, I wasn't here Sunday, so um, we are. Um, you can uh, you can have this one since you already got name on it. I give it back to you. Uh, you can you can remove me from the prayer list. I appreciate the prayers. Um, um, I am uh, I'm better, not 100, percent but I'm better. And me at 50 percent is better than most folks at at 100. So I'm just you know, uh, yes, I am back 100. percent So uh, <laughs> uh, my wit is still good. Um, report on my friend John Black. Uh, continue to lift him up in your prayers. Uh, John had a five uh, bypasses. Uh, he's at home. He got admitted to go home, released to go home yesterday. Uh, so keep him in your prayers. Uh, I know his sons and his wife will be, uh, they're going to be glad that he's going to recover. Um, pray for Sandy because she's going to have to deal with him. Um, so just lift them up in your prayers. Um, I want to thank uh, everyone for the, like I said, for the prayers for our family. We're, we're doing great. Um, Sharon, God bless her. She didn't have any um, thing to bother her with the uh, China virus other than the fact she was just a little fatigued. Um, me, on the other hand, um, I, I went through the ringer, and that's okay. You got a testimony. Yeah, I'm a lot. No thanks to the healthcare system, I'm a lot. But anyway... Uh, now, I'm not going to be hard on them because they don't know what they're doing and they're trying to do the best just like everybody else. Um, 
Any other addition to the prayer list? I'd just like to reiterate from the <clears throat> announcements from last week mm -hmm. that you had it put out that uh, we're going to do that collection for mm -hmm. the Life Care Pregnancy Center. Right. And then, uh, So I'm going to bring by a bucket tomorrow with some items in it. Okay. So if people want to stop by the church, they can add the stuff that's on that right. list there. So right. We had five things they wanted, right? Right. Um, according to this, uh, uh, diapers, formula, uh, baby clothes, baby wipes, and, and money. Um, and if we're going to be a, and I had talked to Jeff a little bit about, you know, if, if we're going to stand against the murder of babies, and we're going to call things out, then we at least ought to be in the fight. We all have a, to quote one of my deacons. You got to get some skin in the game. Uh, and if you don't have any skin in the game, it's not worth it. And so, if we're going to be a church that's relevant today, then we need to have some skin in the game when it comes to saving babies. And that's what it's about—saving babies. Anyway, um, I'll get to preaching in a minute. Um, are there any other praises to prayer requests? Okay. Um, right. Yeah. Um, update on the call. Um, my daughter is. Uh, anyway, the crowd that she was with, there was thirty-six of them, and every one of them has been moved out except her. Her results have been non-conclusive, but they got people moving in her quad that are COVID. And so, you know, she said, I don't know what's going on, Daddy. I said, well, just keep praying. You know, just keep praying. So um, I said, if you've had it, you ain't got to worry about it for 90 days. I said, so you're good. <laughs> so anyway, uh, other than that, everybody's doing pretty good. The people that I came in contact with and I notified, they all tested negative. So um, obviously at that time... Uh, they were in contact with me. I wasn't put asymptomatic. Is that what they call it? Right? Ain't that the medical word they use? I, I wasn't contagious. Yeah, that, that that works better. That's English. You weren't symptomatic. Yeah. Roger says I was not symptomatic, and so I, I was. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm good. I, I'm very blessed. Uh, remember the Wilson family. As Bobby is learning to uh, to uh, to live without Betty, um, he's doing pretty good. He he seems he seems at peace, um, and so that's a that's a great thing there. Um, any others? Okay. Yep. Um. Yeah. There's a this 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 thing is uh, it's demonic in nature because it separates people from people. God has designed us to be together. God has designed us to operate with contact with other people. This thing here is demonic not only in nature for the fact that it has separated families within their own home, quarantined people in rooms. Uh, plus it separated God's people from the church which is 
not good to start with. It's demonic. Huh? It's demonic. It's demonic. And it, it's not like the flu, it affects everybody differently. And that's not normal. That only comes, it's not something that comes out of the natural processes of this world. Uh, it is something that was been tinkered with genetically by man. And so anyway, I'm going to be going through with all that. I'd like to say one thing before you okay. go to the next step. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> our good friend in Indianapolis, one of our very close friends, lost her brother, and there will be conducting a funeral, and they um, are a very large family, so probably hundreds of people there. And um, this guy I knew, uh, he he was just a delightful person. He was saved. He was a Christian. And, you know, he was a, a donor. So there's about uh, somewhere between 20 and 70 people that are um, very happy. And they did a, a walk with him. Um, I mean, he was going to be taken off the life support and they walked him in a in a honorable way as they do in the hospital the best they can under the COVID conditions but he, two kidneys were in good shape mm-hmm. and went out um, and you know um, we we never know what's going to happen, it was very he's very healthy and he very, very quickly went apparently it was a stroke. Well, his heart was fine, but his, something happened, and he was down for the count. And uh, but uh, they're good friends of ours, and we just want to lift them up um, during this time of their loss. Amen. Any other? Remember all of our troops that are deployed. Uh, no matter whether they're where they're at, if they're deployed, they're deployed. Uh, pray for their families pray for their their safe return Um, pray for our elected officials Um, anyway uh, we'll get more into that Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer most glorious Lord God we love you and we thank you for this day Lord I thank you for the opportunity to be back doing your will and your work Lord, I ask you to bless this time we have together. I ask you, Lord, to be with each one of those that are mentioned on this list. Lord, we ask you to eradicate this virus that is from the pits of hell at your time and your convenience. Lord, we're learning the lessons that you're trying to teach us through this. We ask you, Lord, to give us a heart of compassion, to give us a wisdom to say the things that need to be said so that people's souls can be set free from the bondage of sin. Lord, we thank You for allowing us to be Your servants at this time in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Whew. Sermon on the Mount. Go ahead. Yep. <laughs> no, just... Matthew 5. Yeah. So this is this is good stuff right here. Yeah. This is meat and potatoes Christianity mm-hmm. 101. Mm-hmm. This is 
10 years of discipleship in one sitting. This is it was a lifetime of discipleship well, in one sitting. It it's Jesus basically giving that initial group, which we don't know the real number of, but the apostles and a group of yeah. disciples yeah. that had followed him at some point. Because it said large crowds followed him yeah. at the end of chapter 4, but that doesn't necessarily mean large crowds followed him to the mountain to watch this. What we kind of get from the picture of this is it was disciples. So it was people who had made the decision to follow, to learn, and to be with Christ, and to sit long enough to hear all these truths, which I got to wonder as I read this, did the whole group stay, or did some point somebody go, uh, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> and then kind of wander off. Yeah. But it, what we get from this is, Christ, as we were talking about this earlier, is going to kind of ramp up from the law to Hey, there's a lot more to this than just being a good legalistic Jew. I'm going to start stacking the requirements on here to be a yep. true disciple. Yep. And what we what we don't learn from this, but we've talked about, and when Roger and I have talked yep. about this, is Matthew is talking to the Jews. He's talking to the Jewish people. They would have understood Jewish history. So when Matthew says, <clears throat> when he's writing out his book, Jesus took disciples what jews would understand were jesus took people with him who wanted to sit by him constantly break bread with him ask him questions converse with him love with him because that's what a disciple to a rabbi would have been somebody who was wanting to learn so when he says and what we get from the first verse of chapter five is that they were truly jewish disciples who were once Jews now believed and now want to follow. Right. So the first of five long discourses, yeah. and what we get from history is that this is what in Latin they call the Beatitudes or the Beatitudo, right. or to be supremely blessed. So this was how to be supremely blessed, which is pretty cool yeah. because. It still follows that whole. Roger and I've been hitting yeah. on this, like do, do kingdom of heaven, like the Jews get this. The Jews get this, right? And I, and uh, I guess if I were to do a lead into this, I'd say this is about blessedness. This okay. is about how to become closer to your Lord, how mm-hmm. to enter the kingdom of heaven, yep. how to walk in fellowship with others from the kingdom of heaven, how to walk forward with it. And what we get is that it parallels the Old Testament in a way that the Jews would have really understood as he goes through the Beatitudes. Blessed are those, blessed are those, blessed are those. He's going to go through this. And what they do is they follow right along with things like Psalm 1-1, where it's how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. And 2-12, where he's like, um, where am I? Let me see. 2-12, where he's... I can't remember. Anyway, I got all these notes, and I got like piles of it. I'll go with uh, Isaiah 56, uh, verse 2. How blessed is the man who does this when he's right. talking about uh, persevere in justice and righteousness. Salvation is about to come. So he's, he's building on this blessedness. Jeremiah 17, 7. Daniel 12, 12. It's this whole idea of the blessedness that comes when you're in fellowship with fellow believers, following Christ, building on that law, walking with Him, and getting closer to entering the kingdom of heaven in a very well. I, I want to, and that's correct. I want to back up just a little bit to the first 
first couple of verses, and, and it, you know, it says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. Now you have to understand when it says he opened his mouth, he was teaching with enthusiasm. He was teaching with authority. And so what it boils down to is these people were hearing God speak. I mean, now in Matthew's record, Jesus uh, will speak and teach many times. And by the way, this message is one that was repeated over and over again. This was the central message when he spoke to multitudes. Um, can't prove it, but by the term that it's used in the English for taught is one that is a continual repetitive thing. Um, but the main thing is, it says, uh, it's God speaking. This is Jesus. Jesus is speaking to his people, and it's no longer through an inspired human personality. This is God himself. You know, it's not Jeremiah. It's not Daniel. It's not Isaiah. It's not Samuel. This is God himself speaking on the mountain to his followers. And that's why they were impressed. And that's why they, they were engrossed. Because of the authority they had never heard spoke before. It wasn't just Jesus sat out and taught, which he did. It's because that was the usual custom. But the authority and, and the eagerness and the emotion that went into it captivated them. Captivated them so much that a lot of them believed. And yes, I believe some of them got up and walked off. Because they couldn't take it. It's just like you go to a revival or you have a church service and people are, the Holy Spirit's there and people are hearing the Word of God. You got some that are going to respond and come to the Word and you got some that are going to get up and walk out. You brought up something important uh, because as we've been, Roger and I have been covering this whole idea of it being familiar to the Jews, yeah. is you brought up those three things that really make it important. In order for those first Jews to buy in, to be like, okay, yeah, he's the fulfillment, this idea of following a rabbi would have had to have been familiar. Mm -hmm. So the idea of sitting down yeah. was the way that a rabbi would have with their right. disciples. They would have sat above and outside or stood around, so he's down, he's sitting. He's, I'm going to sit down and teach. This would have been common for them. And then he opens his mouth, like you say, and yeah. began to teach. So right. this idea of he's not just like with one guy having a conversation. Right. He is delivering a message to them in a way that would have been rabbinic. Yep. Um, and addressing Jews. Right. What's cool about what you're talking about when he went up on the mount is that this is where Jesus goes with Satan. Right. He takes him up. Right on the mountain. This is Jesus basically recovering that piece of property. Absolutely. Like, hey, I know Satan took me up here to deliver something. Guess yeah. what? I'm going to come up here. I'm going to plop behind you down, right. and I'm going to teach, like you said, as God. That's this right. is this is mine. Yeah. And we're going to see this piece of property come back up mm -hmm. a couple more times. Oh, yeah. 14, 15, and then the Transfiguration. Yeah, and you know, we're going to see we're, healing, yeah, praying. Yeah. And while we're in it, you know. Spurgeon goes, he had to be on a mountain. A crypt or a cavern would have been out of the character for this sermon. Because God was speaking to all creation. He was speaking not only to the disciples that was around him, but he was speaking this sermon to all of creation. 
He couldn't have done it from a cave. He couldn't have done it from a cavern. He had to do it from a mountain that was so every creature under heaven could hear this message. Remember it says that the rocks will cry out. He is sitting on a mountain so the people can hear him and his voice would carry preaching to his creation. It's, 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 it, that's no wonder you could take all the messages from all the psychiatrists and, and all the, the philosophers and all of the preachers in the world, melt them down in a pot and they would not come near that close to anything that comes out of chapter 5. Wouldn't, couldn't touch it. Because it was the creator of the universe speaking to the creation. But it's consistent. It's consistent with what we just talked about. Jesus preached, teached, and healed. Mm -hmm. And here, in chapter 5, he is only teaching. He has reserved this. But this entire first part of the Matthew... He has rolled out, Matthew has rolled out the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is at the beginning of the Beatitudes and at the end of the Beatitudes. He is staying on track. What he is doing here is saying, unless you have these attributes. Incidentally, there's eight Beatitudes. The first four are for people who are not really in the kingdom yet, but are entering the kingdom. The last four are those attributes that are pure. Purity of the heart. Merciful. Those are God's characters. These first four are not. But they are the people which God is bringing into the kingdom. And unless you become spiritually like these first four, and we'll go into them, I'm sure, Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Doesn't mean that they're, you know, uh, a lost cause. They're poor in spirit. They have been waiting. Isaiah 61. Mm -hmm. He's giving this. He's opened the Bible. He's already said, I'm coming for those who mourn. Those those who are the Anawan. The Anawan in the Old Testament were the people who were dispossessed. They were the poor. They were pious. They believed in God, but they were marginalized. And so now he is saying, these are the people who have the heart that need God, and they want to bring these people, and that's all of you disciples, who have been waiting, and now he's shifted the paradigm. He's not taking this concept and doing a pharisaical study of the law, he's changing the law. He's bringing this out to say, look, you've heard it said, but I tell you, this is coming later, but right now we'll go into the first one, but he is actually saying to them, unless your heart is spiritually in this context. Listen, it's all internal to the heart. Every bit of this Beatitudes, all Matthew 5 is internal to the heart. It's not external like the Pharisees have been portraying it. It's internal to the heart. Listen to every one of them. That's why he called them them empty cars. You know, whitewashed uh, uh, tombs. I mean, dried bones. It was about the heart. 
It's about the spiritual. He's speaking to them. And He says, you come to Me. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You come to Me for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Right. And, and, and once you're there, blessed are those who mourn. For they shall find comfort. But the poor, there's an interesting thing about the poor, yeah. because poor doesn't mean like poor without money. Right. Because the Greek word that they use is for abject poverty. Right. So it's like, if somebody doesn't give me something to eat or drink, I'm going to die. Right. Like, this is the lowest of the low, living in the slum, tomorrow is not guaranteed. This isn't poor like, yeah. I ran this out is, of dough. Yeah. This is like, this is with, poor like, without this, something given, I die. That's and right. The, for, for Christ to start out with this is pretty interesting. It's like Robert, uh, Roger pointed out, Jesus is, we talked about a building earlier, yep. he's starting at the bottom. Like, you know, self-realization yeah. of needing a Savior exactly. is Absolutely. like realization of your own depravity, depravity right? Your own inability. Exactly. Own, that's like the starting point. That's right. And then, it, and then each one builds because you can't do verse 5, 6, and 7 without having first done verse 3 and 4. They're, 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 they're prerequisite. You know, when you come to Him and you have a poor spirit and you realize your depravity and you need a Savior, it says, blessed are those who mourn. Think about your own conversion experience. When I came, I knew I had to have a Savior. I knew I was going to hell if I did not change my way. And I had to get something done in. And I came mourning from the bottom of my heart. Save me please because I can't save myself. And I received comfort. And I was comforted. And it says, blessed are the meek. What happens when you walk out after that? You're as meek as they come. You know, you know what it costs. You know that God has saved you and that there's nothing that you could do to earn it. There was nothing you could do to deserve it. All you had to do was accept it. And you become a meek person. You don't brag. You're not braggadocious. You're not overly zealous. You're just humbled and meek. And then this is the heart. This is where the heart starts changing. Yeah, we start to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Yeah, exactly. Right? And if you think about it, it's that very simple idea mm-hmm. of craving something to eat. So mm-hmm. if we, it's kind of like if you related everything to verse three. Yeah. Like I had nothing. I'm so mourning in my state of affairs. Right. I'm meek. I'm humble. I don't deserve anything. No. Why would somebody come take me out of this trash heap? Like they all can kind of point back. And then when you get to hunger and thirst, thirst. for righteousness, it's yeah. like. I am craving what He has to offer me like I desire a loaf of bread or a drink of water. Exactly. I need it. And so every one of them, as you read down, kind of mm-hmm. continues yep. to point back to the beginning. Which right. is, it's beautiful the way that He paints this picture for them. Right. Hey, and, and, and here's the thing. It is we have, and we had a conversation earlier. We have people in our churches and in our pews who had a, an emotional experience. They had an emotional experience. Yeah, they were poor in spirit, but I don't think it grew from that. They don't have a desire. They don't have a thirst. They don't have a hunger. You know, they they want somebody to they want somebody to spoon feed them every week, a couple times a week, so that they don't have to crack the book. They don't have to draw closer to the Lord because that's the pastor's job. 
That, that's the Sunday school teacher's job. You know, you teach me, you draw, you, you teach me this, and every couple of hours a week I, I'll draw closer to God. And the rest of the week, we don't know how to act, we don't know how to talk, we don't know how to, how to reach out and, and get the fullness. You will never get the fullness of abundant life until you accept the fact that you have to grow in Christ. And that's your responsibility. The yeah. reason the church is inept today is because they have the most illiterate crowd of people in the world. They're biblically illiterate. And so those that mourn, those that are meek, mm -hmm. those that are hungering mm -hmm. for thirst, yep. thirsting uh, also for righteousness, yeah. and those um, who are poor in spirit here, Jesus is bringing these, the disciples, in. And then he's going to turn around and say, Now, because God has been so good to you, be merciful. Be merciful to those. Mm -hmm. He's rolling out evangelism through this whole thing. He's teaching them. You will have all of these characteristics that are good in the last four. Yep. Mercy. You will have... Got to read them. Uh, you are going to be pure in heart, which is impossible. You can't be pure in heart, but, but he's saying be pure in your intentions. Be right. Have integrity. Right. Have integrity is what it really means. Then be peacemakers. Right. Pull the congregation together. Right. Now you need to do. So if you miss the first part of it, and you just want a couple spoonfuls, as Jerry yeah. said, then you miss this part where you're supposed to be involved pulling the congregation right. together and blessing. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. If you go against the norm and the, and the country comes down on you for being uh, goody two-choos, yeah. whatever they want to call you, hey, guess what? <coughs> now this do. is where the kingdom of heaven is. Right. Is for these people who seek righteousness. So all of these things you are then, as a disciple, giving. You're presenting this to the next person. Right. You are... He's teaching you how to teach. Yep. I uh, something you brought up. I just want to circle back on. I can't. Can I say? Yeah, you can say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that, 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 that is that no, is not the too new, many times. That's the new term <laughs> so. for this administration. I, I'll circle back. Hey, it's not just theology; it's comedy too. Well, yeah, I understand. <laughs> but you brought up uh, the impure in heart, and right. I, I think this is another uh, Matthew reaching mm -hmm. to the Hebrewish. Right. Right. The their their nature of being part of the members of the, uh, Israel as a nation uh, by blood and what it also is is, is, is a, another kind of transition point although we're still in the Beatitudes it's another transition point into the lesson that Jesus is going to give and the reason is when he's saying being pure in heart what your typical Jew would hear is be pure in heart follow the law but he's not what Jesus is trying to get to here are things like this. Psalm 11 7 For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. The upright will behold His face. And then we've got uh, Psalm 23 3 and 4. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they will comfort me. Sure. This is 
Christ basically what? saying, okay, I'm going to tell you to be righteous, but you can't be. Right. It's right. the Lord who makes you righteous. Right. So what he's doing is, because as Jews, they're going to be like, I can do that. I mean, I pay my tithe. Yeah. I don't cheat on my wife. Yeah. I'm righteous. And yeah. he's like, oh, oh, hold on a second. You, 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 yeah. you can't. Yeah. And, and so it goes back it it go, and it goes back to the to the hunger you know and thirst we we just think those words just you know blessed are those who hunger and thirst just think about the passion of how intense it is to be hungry have you ever been hungry have you ever been hungry with no means to feed yourself for whatever purpose no matter how many people you were I have and I'm going to tell you something. I'd stick the fingers and lick my fingers and stick them in my fatigue shirt to get the salt so I'd have something to crave the hunger. I was hungry. And when you're hungry, you'll eat anything to sustain yourself. <clears throat> and the passion to find that is overwhelming. It becomes all-focusing. The passions can, And that passion can be painful. Just as painful as real hunger. Your passion... For thirst for righteousness should be just as can be and should be as painful as hunger pain. The passion is like a driving force. Are you, do you have a driving force that, without a doubt, can't be quenched by reading the Word of God? You got to read it. You, you, you set time around. You have to get in it. And the passion for the Word of God and thirsting for righteousness is a sign of healthy relationship with Christ. And that comes from the heart. Yes, it does. It comes from the heart. And so yeah. so these these qualities he's talking about, being merciful, being compassionate, and being, well, pure in heart, what what's that? Heart. What comes out of the heart? These characteristics. You love out of your heart, but you also lust out of yes, your heart. You do. So he is putting them on guard here. You're going to be going out there. You uh, soon, I will be talking about the nuances yeah. of anger yeah. and of all these other things, and divorce, and yeah. all these other things that are right. in the in the in the scriptures. But I am going to tell you, I'm charging you right now. Guard yes. your heart. Yes, you are to be merciful and compassionate. You're supposed to do this. We, this is a requirement. The first part is a requirement to get into the kingdom. This is a requirement to stay in the kingdom. Right. You know, we, I want to juxtapose ahead. something just for go a ahead. second. little comparison here. So the word in Greek for peacemakers is only used two times right. in the entire New Testament. Right. And the only other time it's ever used is by Paul when he writes the letter of the Colossians. Yeah. And when he does, this is what he says. If you look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20, it's there. I'm going to start in chapter 19. And just for a second, Jesus says to people, for blessed are the peacemakers. Mm -hmm. So at face value, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Break up the fight on the schoolyard, yeah. Yeah. like wrestle with yeah. people's marriages and help them make it better, right. get in the court. Yeah. So what does it mean to be a peacemaker? Reconciliation. Reconciliation. Yeah. Here's something mm -hmm. kind of, this is the way Paul puts it. It's going to kind of twist it all on its head here a little bit. Oh, Paul. All right, verse 19 <clears throat> says, For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him. So God is the fullness of yep. full in this pleasure through His Son so giving His life in this and through Him to reconcile all things to Himself having made peace 
through the blood of the cross, through him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Mm-hmm. Now, and I, when you start to dwell on that, it'll be like, hold on a second. How did Jesus make peace? I mean, he stirred up the entire Roman government. He stirred up all the Jews. They hunted him down repeatedly. Right. And then they murdered him. Right. So what are you saying here, Paul? You're saying that Jesus made peace by stirring all these people to the point where they killed them and then subsequently all of his disciples as well? So what I read from this is the point is when you look at um, uh, 9 here, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. So what does it mean to be a peacemaker? It means bringing the good news to people. What does it mean to create peace? It means that they realize that they have a Savior the Holy Spirit indwells in them, and yep. they are safe for eternity right. in eternal peace only. Exactly. It does not mean we're going to get peace down here in the no. corporeal. It means right, but they will be called. They will be recognized as peacemakers mm-hmm. by the people down here, right. and right. and they will. Salome is the word yeah. that comes out of this. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Salome. Shalom would be the word. Shalom. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's it's reconciliation to the point of one's enemies as well. Right. And he's going to get there. He's going to land there at the end of five. Right. I mean, you know, and that's exactly right. And, you you know, you just think about we all want peace in our lives, correct? I mean, every one of us strives for it. We use a different term. Prior to that, peace was righteousness. We all want righteousness. There's not a man alive that wants that does not want righteousness, whether he'll admit it or not. And so, what does it come for? You know, how does hunger and thirst for righteousness express itself? See, I get the application part of this, so I, I got to get. You know, a man longs to have a righteous nature. A man wants to be sanctified, to be made more holy. Whether you admit it or not, no matter whether you're a believer or not, you want to be holy and you want to be sanctified. And a man longs to continue in God's righteousness. Think about it. Each one of us who are saved, each one of us who are are growing in the Word of God, we long to be righteous. We long to be righteous in God's Word because we've seen through faith, we've seen through our actions, we've seen through experiences how God works. And I'm going to tell you something. I would love to live on the mountaintop, but I can't. Because he designed me to be down here in the drudgery of everyday life. And so I know what righteousness is, and I long for it, and I strive for it. And then a man longs to see righteousness promoted in the world. Why do you think people get upset watching the news? Why do you think the 80 million people are upset about what's going on in our country? Because whether they're believers or not, righteousness is always supposed to prevail. And when it's not, people get uneasy. People get cranky. And eventually, they get organized. And then persecution comes. Right. And that's that's why, when I bring that up, is that word, peacemaker, does not mean the tolerance. Mm-hmm. And there is a huge difference. Right. That's right. And that's why the next verse coming up is to make sure they understood right. how do you create peace among the people? Right. You bring hope to them. Right. It doesn't say to mm-hmm. go be tolerant. 
and allow people to live in their sin around you and make them happy through preaching to them. Mm-hmm. No matter how you live, it's That's okay. Right. What he's saying is bring them the gospel because the next verse is pretty much going to be like, you're bringing them peace by bringing them the good news. That's right. Okay, next verse. Mm-hmm. You're going to be persecuted for righteousness. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's right. Right. Don't it, Yes, it's reconciling right. with the Creator, not with other So it's about God and peace, not necessarily us. Right. We have joy right. in right. our salvation. God has peace in us if we're reconciled to Him. Exactly. So right. It's more of a peace with God, even though we're going to get persecuted, is knowing that God is satisfied that you are reconciled with Him through Jesus Christ. Yep, that's exactly. Absolutely. And that's why that verse that Paul brings up, James, is so important because it really lends to whose satisfaction? God's, not mm-hmm. man's. An old world. So that's a good way to put it. An and old he, world term, enmity. New world term, you're no longer an enemy of God. Right. That and by the fact that you're no longer an enemy of God, you have to have peace. Yeah. And in every case here in the Beatitudes, blessing is coming from God. Right. We are blessed by Him, and you're absolutely right. right. Reconciling mm-hmm. causes God to bless us. You can't even measure that kind of thing. When Jesus brought this thing, mm-hmm. Isaiah sixty one, as as the Good news. He stopped um, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he didn't go to the next part, which is, and the day of vengeance of our God. There is strictly a hope, like Jerry said, in this place of the Beatitudes. But there's a warning in there, a stern warning, that the law is not not just what's written out and you can cross things off. No, you, Jesus is crossing the tittle and the jot off. He is fulfilling it 100%. And this law that he's talking about goes beyond. Yep. They tell you, but I say this to you, love your enemies. Give them the shirt on your back. Do these extra things. Heap fires coal coal on their head for doing this so they will repent. Well, they will get this. This is a message. And this good news message, he can only tell these beatitudes to the disciples. The other guys wouldn't have got it. They can't see the spiritual connection in this whole thing. It's so spiritual. It's it's like you you can't show the pieces of it. It's either in your heart where you can't see it and you feel it, or it isn't there at all. Right. You've got to realize these Pharisees have become devoid of this. And the teachers of the law are devoid of this. They can't understand it. And they've been teaching it. And all of a sudden, Jesus is going to come along and say, but it ain't that way. Yeah. He's shifting the paradigm big time here. And these guys, like you said, steeped yeah. in Judaism, they're saying, whoa, whoa, what? what? And some of them may have bailed out. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Because what what is this? I mean, they you, were getting, you mean to, we we have to do this? And getting, you may be persecuted. They were getting they were getting the foundation of everything they had taught shook. Yep. And, and they were it wasn't that it was being changed; it was being elaborated on like they'd never heard before. He was telling them what it means. The intent of the law. Yeah, because he wrote it. The uh, it's it's funny the way this is written. I, I'm reading the NASP. Tell mm-hmm. me if. 
I don't know. Anybody else got a different version? They're reading out of you got the King James. I got, Which I got the New King James. Where are you at? <laughs> uh, go to uh, verse, so 5, verse 11. Hey, uh, okay. No, excuse me. Go to verse 10. Okay. So mine's past tense. Okay. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. <laughs> yeah. I know. I don't want to throw a wrench yeah. in this. and just slow us all down. Yeah. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Right. So... Uh, Christ is talking about people who have already been persecuted right. for believing in the Messiah, yeah. and then and then he makes it for the people sitting there. Blessed are you, are you, are you, when not they, those right. when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all right. kinds of evil right. against you because of me. I just think it's neat that Jesus utilizes the past tense in that because yeah. I think yeah. we often blow right by it yeah. and don't mm-hmm. pick up on tense. And uh, what Jesus is saying is that there have been people who've been persecuted for the sake of righteousness already. Right. And theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Right. So, uh, you know, that's interesting. All of them are will, future, except for the first one and the last one in the kingdom of heaven. He is using present tense. Yeah. Uh, this is something already and already has been. Already here. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it's very interesting. And uh, it, it lends to. Um, again, so much digging into the juice here. Somebody would have been like, well, hold on. We're getting a whole new uh, thing here. Grandpa died yesterday. He was following the law. What about him? Yeah. And Jesus is covering this. These questions that we ask in church, like, what about people that died before Jesus? Yeah. He's saying they're blessed. They're blessed from God. They, they already endured the righteousness. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's Jesus made sure that he covered past tense. I mean, he's God. He's yeah. And then in 12, he says, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they for, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If they persecute, and he tells them, if you're sitting and you're a Christian, then you haven't been persecuted, get ready. You know, it's kind of like you used to hear some preachers say, well, if Satan ain't been bothering you, it's because you hadn't been doing anything. And if you're just coming out of a trial, get ready because you're fixing to get back in one. Yeah. You know, it, it's coming. Are you going to be able to stand? I remember my first trip to Nicaragua when I met that guy. And he had scars on his back. And his answer to me was, I was blessed to have been striped for my Lord. I still ponder that statement. Am I going to be able to stand under the pressure? You know, you bringing that up brings up a point. We were at, Carol and I were at a Bible study a few years ago, and one of the ladies there asked a question about not being happy. Right. She's a believer. She's got a family. Um, they seem to be doing life as a good church family. Right. She brought up this question, like, I don't feel happy. And even the leader of the church yeah. that we were with couldn't quite get his head around this and I thought <coughs> I thought with the exception of the Beatitudes where you get the word Beatitude as happiness and right. blessedness is somehow yeah. tied to it there's not really a promise of happiness anywhere in this there's a promise of joy and yeah. hope and, hope. and I think that's yeah. really important because Christ is being pretty clear here through these like you're going <laughs> to be persecuted yeah. but in verse 12 he gets right to I mean you're going to be insulted they're going to persecute yeah. you falsely because of me rejoice and be glad for your you know your reward is in heaven I think this real call here is like 
He's like, look, man, for some of you guys, this is going to suck. Like, yeah. God. Yeah. Like, it's going to be hard to be happy. But yeah. you have hope, and hope, it, 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 it's way above happiness. The happiness yeah. in the present. And there's joy that comes in that in my heart because I understand there's more to be gained Absolutely. than uh, like, oh, today I'm happy because the bills are paid and the cat is fed and right. the car runs because we know all those things are going to fall apart. Have, if, if you've ever been on a mission field and, and or you don't necessarily have to be on a mission field. If you've ever been in a truck stop. Well, a truck stop, <laughs> but, but in a poor section of town. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean abject or you've ever been in a third world country or usually pretty much any country outside the United States and you look in a child's eyes and that child is looking through you with a glazed look on their face because they have no hope you know most children when you look in their eyes they're bright most children are are, are uh, Exuberant, full of energy. But when you see a child at three years old and they got a distant stare over them, they don't smile, they don't talk, they have no hope. And even though you're going to get, I'm just going to put it, even though you're going to get the snot beat out of you, you're probably going to get all your possessions taken away, your family's going to suffer great. You have a hope deep down inside. You know, when I preach a sermon at a funeral, it always comes up. We don't grieve like those who don't have hope. We're not heathen. We have a hope. We have a promise. The Creator of the universe said He was going to build a place for us to be with Him. Forever. Forever. You know, and so, He's telling them here, you're going to go through some stuff. You're going to go through some stuff. Don't lose hope. You have a reward. You have a destination. You're not from here. You're an ambassador. It's a a life-altering experience to see a child with no hope. I truly believe you can have happy moments as a Christian on earth. I haven't been happy in this country and this world for a while. But I have joy. Right. I have happy moments with my grandchildren, my right. wife. But to truly be happy on this earth, that means you're from this earth. Yeah. Not the next. Right. Because we've all to be with the Lord. Right. So I understand what you're saying right. about the lady not being happy. Right. Mm-hmm. I have joy and I have yeah. salvation. Yeah. But there are happy moments in my life, but being happy with the way the world's going. That's sad because yeah. they don't see the truth. No. Right. This, yeah. uh, and then you put yourself in the perspective of a country yeah. where they don't have much and people are really struggling just to make yeah. the day to day. Like, right. how can you be happy in that? Yeah. But you can be truly joyful. This, yeah. this is a yeah. very important point. point that you bring up. That this, this, uh, this, um, you know, we growing up, I'm an older guy, and we had it pretty good. We had, you know, everything went along. We didn't pay no attention to policy if you will but all of a sudden now there's a separation of black and white there's a separation of good and bad 
good and evil. And now is a time prepared for us for the good news. The good news is something we can interject. Now, how do we do that? Oh, uh, you know, it, God is in it, has to be in it. But you, you take that, package that up with these things in the Beatitude, compassion, and me too. Um, you bring this with, yeah, scary, we may be persecuted, but but the reward is, look at the blessings that come on. We, like you mentioned, all of these things are going to, to come for us, joy and hope. If we didn't have that, and these people that are out there don't have this, they need this, they want this. Yeah. And so they turn around and they, they see the black and white far clearer than I did back in my day when I was running every which way but loose. I think now is a time, even though it's the worst of times in a sense, and the best of times, best of times is tell the message of Christ. And, and, and how you do that is with a lot of love. Jesus ends on this. Love your enemies. If they cuss you out, and I've had that happen at the truck stop, they cuss you out at your right to your face, you this, you that, and you this. And I wasn't listening the time that it happened I remember the most. And I turned around and went back humbly and, um, and I said, tell me your story. That's a long story, but the guy told me a half an hour worth of his story. And I listened, and he let me in the door. Just a small little crack to say something before he left at the truck stop. But, you know, we forget. How, is the, how does this work? Compassion, love, and Reconciliation, like you know, reconcile right up front. I yeah. mean, make treat him so many ways he's bound to like one of them, as I used to say. Give him something that lets him know you see him as an image of God. And I think now's a good time for that. I don't know how to do it sometimes, but I feel my way through it and let God take it from there. Well, like the first verse we talked about. And that was the question I asked a couple of weeks ago before I got sick when my sermon was, how lost does somebody have to be before we love them? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's what it boils down to. Which is why we're going to do things like this thing with the Life Care Pregnancy exactly. Center. Exactly. Because as believers, if we're going to call out sin, then we need to we need be to. able to meet sinners right. where their needs are. Right. <laughs> and then we humble ourselves yes, before right. them. Um, you know that. Yeah. Well, here's here's part of the training is, and this is I know we're creeping up on the end here, but the summary of the Beatitudes basically lies in this: How do you train yourself? to be a disciple. You yeah. can train yourself. You don't necessarily need to sit in a church with an elder, right. although ideally that's the way the church is set up, that elders disciple younger believers, right? right. or newer believers, I should say, not younger. The Bible calls them younger. Right. Um, is, this is the character of, dis, of disciples. Right. 
<laughs> like this is what I should look like. This is what I should do. I should start out with, you start from verse 3, realizing my own depravity, mm -hmm. creating a thirst in meekness and humility for the word of God. Yeah, yeah. And I read it and I dig into it and see what Christ has for life. Mm -hmm. my life. I let the Holy Spirit speak to my heart through constant prayer, mm -hmm. fasting, right. reading, more prayer, fasting, reading. And I dig in. I yeah. spend time in fellowship with the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's the character of a disciple. That's the summary of the Beatitudes at its best. And then I think if I'll just finish with what I think is the best summary of this would be the second part of that would be this. This is set in the context of Old Testament theology. So we are not setting aside that this is the Christ that has come to right. do this. The, the Old Testament has laid it out. The Jewish expectation of the Christ, Matthew continues to go with. But blessedness, what does it mean to be blessed? And this is part of being that disciples that we realize that it is a deep inner richness. It's not happiness and you you made a good point about that so this blessedness doesn't mean happier those who happier those who it's like i feel that rich deep satisfaction in my heart that the day that i pass from this into the next yeah. i'm gonna be with my savior absolutely that as i disciple my because you're a husband and a dad when i disciple my wife and my children in that circle yeah. that i know that when they accept christ that makes me happy, but it makes me joyful. It brings this richness into me that if my child were to pass into the next tomorrow or my wife, right. they get to be with Jesus, not lost right. and out there. And then the, the next part of this is, is I think there's a real radical nature to this discipleship. Um, not just discipling others, but also being a disciple where Jesus is like, I know this isn't the way you've been doing it. I'm turning it on its head. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm taking the law, not the laws, the 613 laws, but right. the fulfillment of the law, mm -hmm. and I am challenging you as a believer to utilize this model because this is how we reach the lost in the darkness. That's right. This is how we go out and do that. This is the attitude you bring. This is the humility you bring. Mm -hmm. The passion that you bring is going to break you through people trying to slap you down for mm -hmm. what you believe and saying it's not the truth, but you're going to keep going because in your humility, in your realization of your own depravity, you realize that that person, they need me too. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that keeps you going. I think Jesus was, uh, was, was referring back in this model to Deuteronomy 27 and 28 where they at the Valley of Hinnon were mm -hmm. calling the curses across yeah. on one side and the blessings on the other. Yeah. But here Jesus is prom promoting only the blessings, yeah. but at a cost to understand your depravity, yeah. to understand your poor in spirit yeah. and need Him, to understand that you need to be merciful. It wasn't just understanding the law. It was now... It was now... Yeah. Going ahead and living it, persecuting it. <laughs> I yeah, say, I, yeah. prosecuting, prosecuting it. it. There yeah. we go. <laughs> you yeah. got the uh, word. Uh, living it out, living um, it out. Yeah. You know, um, today's catchphrase, I guess, is walk the walk, talk the talk. You know, um, but what we need to do in in this pandemic, while we were sitting here thinking about things going on, now is an absolute time. For this church and any other church to reset and and re uh, commit itself uh, to evangelism, to to not only just evangelism but discipleship, 
Well, there ain't nobody coming because we're shut down. Yes, but each one of us has a personal responsibility. You know, if you haven't been effective in winning souls, maybe you need to look at yourself and, and check yourself. If you haven't been effective in, in, in guiding people to righteousness, well, just maybe you need to look in the mirror. You, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. You spend 14 days on your back, pretty much. You get a lot of time to retrospect and to look. And, and I found out I wasn't a nice guy. Really? I mean, I, I, was, I was doing good. But I wasn't a nice guy. Deep down, I had a lot of thoughts running through my head. And I spent time on talking to, talking to God, reading His Word. And I came away with, with the understanding that I'm nobody. I'm nobody in the grand scheme of things other than just a follower of Jesus Christ who's doing what God's called him to do. That's it. That's all I am. And that my responsibility is to share the gospel. My responsibility as a pastor is not to entertain people. My job is to preach the word of God that offers salvation and encouragement. That's your job. That's our job. Yeah, it might be this. Pastor, that's the same message you preach all the time. Well, until God changes the message, that's what I got to preach. Billy Graham, all you got to do something. Yeah, well, you know, uh, like I said, that, that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. There's souls that need to hear it, and that's our job is to bring it. To bring it. Uh, any questions? Any comments? Any questions? I knew we wouldn't get through it. Who's got a question, Robert? You're good, uh, I, Robert. Look, Roger looked at you. So uh, <laughs> I was looking for a good question. Uh, I think. I think um, this took a, a deep study, uh, a deep probing into it. I never knew the Beatitudes meant what they meant. Um, uh, and, and I still won't for a while because the deeper you go, the richer it gets. And, um, and uh, as Paul Harvey said, um, you want to hear the rest of the story? Yeah. I think it's what he used to say. And you got to say it in your best Paul Harvey voice there. And now, the rest of the story. Now, the rest of the story. <laughs> and But the point being here is God opens the Word of God up to us. Um, sure, you have to go in with a desire and you can get some things maybe not quite right. But if you keep doing it and keep pr pursuing it... Um, you know, Proverbs 25.2 says, It's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out. So we get, uh, I don't think he conceals it forever. We get it all at once. It will dawn on us how these things fit together. And this really fit together for me. How about you guys? Yeah, it uh it's it's a, it's a picture of how we should be, and then we're going to get it, it, we we just got we ain't even hardly got through it. Uh, next week we'll finish up on some of this hopefully, and uh, uh, we'll get the salt and light and a whole bunch of other things. But uh, you'll find out that uh, 
the word of God does not contradict itself. Um, and every morsel of it is food for the spirit. Uh, you got anything? No, sir. All right. You got anything? I'm good. Good. All right. Well, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, we'll see you Sunday. Um, good Lord willing. Uh, <laughs> uh, so let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, I love you. And I thank you for this night. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to, to discuss and learn and, and read and grow in your word. Lord, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the wisdom that you give us. Uh, God, we ask that you would always, always let us see the application of what we're reading, uh, what we're studying, so that we can apply it to our lives and we can advance your kingdom. Everything about Deep Creek Baptist Church is about advancing your kingdom. Lord, we love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.